Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with jazz drummer and percussionist Leslie Mandoki. He grew up in Budapest, Hungary, and studied drums and percussion at the Musical Conservatory of Budapest in the early 1970s. He fled from Hungary to Munich, Germany to avoid prosecution by the communist government for being a member of the student opposition. Since then, he has lived the music dream as a part of the Mandoki Soulmates. The group embodies the creative spirit of the 1970s and are a super group of Grammy award-winning rock and jazz music greats, including cats like Bobby Kimball from Toto, Chris Thompson from Manfred's Man's Earth Band, Claus Doldinger from Passport, Bill Evans, Randy Brecker, and so many others. They are now gearing up for a performance during Grammy Week 2018, specifically on January 29th during the Wings of Freedom concert at the Beacon Theater in New York City. He is a deeply good, profound, and self-actualized individual, so get to know him and the band and dig this interview, my friends. Thank you for taking a minute out. It's an honor to speak with you. Oh, I'm happy that uh, you're having me. Thank you for it. Absolutely. So let me, let me go ahead and ask you, before we get into... The Soulmate Show, that's going to be at the Beacon Theater on the 29th. I just kind of want to get an idea from you how everything's been going lately. What's been going on musically with you? Well, you know, my father was a great musician, so we were a very musical family. So I was growing up with behind the Iron Curtain. Uh, we got told every day in the school we're never going to see London, Paris, or New York. But I was very much influenced by uh, Charlie Parker and Miles Davis. You know, that's, that's why I was growing up. As I was really a, a little child, like um, I was 10 or something like that, you know. So we didn't have original vinyls. Uh, um, we were happy to have a kind of a, a fourth or fifth generation mono tape copy of some original recording. And the only radio station that we could listen to jazz, it was Voice of America, but was highly illegal. Um, and, and behind the Iron Curtain, that was... Uh, at Voice of America uh, from Munich, where I'm living now, uh, from Germany. Normally, teenage boys of my age were influenced by Rolling Stones and Beatles, uh, but I was, I was more uh, on, on the jazz side. And jazz was something what the communists were hating, like, as much as Hitler was hating jazz, because they, they, they said, okay, jazz is always kind of the, uh, the oppositional, uh, you know, the free minds, the free thinkers, you know, the... Uh, the people who are, are longing for freedom, they're coming from the jazz side. And, and uh, as I was a teenager, I was very much influenced by great jazz rock of the American side, back to future uh, movement of Better uh, Report and Mahavishnu Orchestra, Return to Forever of Chick Corea and Ellie Meola. You know, great jazz rock like uh, Frank Zappa from Los Angeles, and also uh, of great progressive rock from the uh, British island, you know, from the United King Kingdom, like uh, Jacqueline or Cream. So that, that was kind of a mixture of uh, progressive rock uh, from the UK and and I interesting uh, mixture of jazz and jazz rock. Like also, I, I loved the first uh, uh, Blasted and Dears albums, and so these were my major influences as I was a kid. So obviously, my very first band was playing that kind of music. Uh, the name was Jam, and uh, we became the strong voice of the student opposition uprising in the, in the behind the Iron Curtain against, against communism. So that's why I got arrested by the police countless times because I was, you know, having American flag on on the stage or, you know, little, little funny things, you know, that you would not think as an American that this is something that's a very harm, harmless, you know. As I was a very little child, I was, uh, you know, I heard that what happened in Woodstock, but it was always a rumor, you know. We never had magazines or radios or 
and things like that that would, would really tell something about the free world. It was just a kind of mm. rumor. And, um, and so I, I played, and then the our band became uh, bigger and bigger uh, behind the Iron Curtain, and, uh, and we were causing more and more problems for the communists um, with our oppositional uh, statements on stage and, and uh, poems uh, uh, between the songs and... Uh, a lot of great improvisations uh, and uh, and all this you know the typical jazz of complex uh, compositions uh, complex lyrics and and long solos and and um, very tough re- arranged uh, instrumental parts so and uh, as i was 22 and a half with a dear friend of mine uh, gabo chupo who actually every american knows because he became an american and uh, he started with simpsons and then rugrats your monsters uh, duckman is a great cartoonist, and uh, I, I escaped through a tunnel, and I started my life again uh, in Munich, and uh, I just restarted my life, and I was sort of coming into a time to Munich where uh, the Munich scenery was really big. So George Amroda was playing here, and, uh, and the studios were, were packed with Deep Purple and, and the Rolling Stones and Elton John, and and uh, you know, so it was really uh, Donna Summer was a waitress in a Munich studio, so it was kind of uh, 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 interesting time, the music sound area, and uh, I was happy to become a studio musician so I could live up again to jazz rock, as I always wanted to, to play. So this is how it started. So when you were a child in Budapest, did you always know that you wanted to etch out a career in music? When you started on the drums, was that something that you knew you were going to do with your life? Uh, well, as I was... Um Really younger than I, I thought. Your music is great to play, but I will be a poet, and I still obviously write my lyrics. And uh, as I was 14 years old, I thought, okay, it's great to write poems and great to play music and compose music, but but I'm going to be a, a painter. I'm still painting and I'm still painting my covers. So I, I have a little life uh, part of music, which is uh, uh, poetry as a little life uh, part of music, which is painting. Uh, but basically, I always knew that I'm going to be a, a musician. Beautiful. So you've obviously, you understand what it is to deal with political strife. And when we look at the landscape of America today with what's going on, and how important is it for musicians to have a voice during these times in America with what's going on? You obviously know this very well. How important is it? I think it's, it's elementary. You know, in, in a healthy society, you have two voices which is controlling uh, somehow power in the society. One is the, uh, the voice of a journalist on radio, on TV, and, 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 and the newspapers. And uh, the other voice is the artist. So we artists, we have a huge responsibility because the only power an artist has is actually gained by the love of our audience. So, and we owe a lot of our audience. And unlike it to politicians, the politicians are always going out and they've, they've claimed that they would know what the, the truth is. I don't, I don't think so that we artists, we know what the truth is. What we know is honesty. Uh, authenticity, honesty, uh, and integrity. And that's what we owe our audience. Uh, this is a kind of little payback time in many ways. Because uh, we Europeans, we have a lot of reasons to say to Americans, thank you. Imagine how it was looking like this country uh, where I'm living, Germany, 80 years ago. So uh, without America, without American blood for freedom, for democracy, uh, we would then uh, be nowhere in, in Europe. So uh, our music is not about what is dividing us. Our music is what is uniting us. 
And we are living now in a, in a strange times of, of uh, news bubbles and, uh, and the kind of uh, uh, filter bubbles and uh, news echoes and, and uh, alternate facts and um, kind of uh, uh, digital incontinence, it's social photography in, in digitally. And so very obviously uh, the musicians have to have a saying in this. And, and our answer is analog. It's human. It's honest. We don't know what the truth is. Uh, the, uh, the truth is, uh, is in the answer of the audience, but uh, in the love of our audience. But what we know that we uh, all honesty and we all, uh, all have kind of music what is the handwritten love letter to our audience and not a text message. This is a kind of, uh, a kind of analog anti-revolution <laughs> handmade. Yeah. Uh, human, and, and this is what what, uh, what uh, we learned from the great jazz generations of the early times. So, um, and and herefore, yes, uh, America. When I'm when I'm over there, and I'm, I love to be in America, I'm somehow by heart an American. And um, as always, I hear from the morning to the night what is dividing you. So we are coming over and we are playing a concert. And we're playing songs that I wrote about what is uniting us. This is the universal values and uh, what made America really great. This is humanity. This is the uh, the classical way that uh, against racism and and, uh, and and being just human and and help to those who are not as lucky, uh, who are not working on a sunny side. Beautiful. So let me talk a little bit about the Mandoki Soulmates. It's a unbelievable band that you have assembled, and I want to explore the beginnings of this band and how long you've been together and how gratifying it's been for you in your career. Well, this is, uh, the idea was kind of how spontaneous and it's 42 years old. Imagine the situation. I'm in a refugee camp. I escaped communism and uh, two boys are sitting there. Gabo Chupo is uh, answering to the American officer, yes, I will... Uh, go to America and I will found a cartoon studio and he did it and he was bringing it up to 720 um, employees and as he started with Simpsons and Bagrats and Real Masters. And so the American officers asked me, okay, fine, I understand. And uh, he asked me, he says, what, are you, what is your plan? And I said, it was uh, 1975. I said, my plan is to play with Ian Anderson of Chattatal and Jack Bruce of Cream and Aldi Maula. So the American officer looked at me and said, you, you ask me as your friend. So, um, so the, that's how it started. It was a plan. It was, it was an idea. It was a vision. It was a mission. And um, around 25 years ago, um, after, you know, playing countless sessions and uh, um, being a producer and arranger and composer and collecting gold and platinum records and building studios and, and after being a kind of... Uh, uh, Established myself in the music industry uh, and producing Lionel Richie and Phil Collins and Chicka Khan. So it, it, it became, the, you know, it was a time to start. And, and uh, so the, the founding members 25 years ago it was Ian Anderson of Chattertown, Aldi Mole and Jack Woos of Cream and David Clinton of Bucks and Tears and, and Barbara Kimball of Toto. And, you know, um, joined by Michael and Randy Brecker and Bill Evans and Anthony Jackson and Victor Bailey uh, and uh, Steve Kahn and Mike Stern. So I went on and on, and, and then actually, uh, maybe for your listeners, is a kind of a little funny element uh, of the story as uh, uh, about 20 years ago. 
uh, we were just sitting uh, uh, by the lake where I'm living, uh, nearby Munich, uh, between my house and the studios, approximately a mile. And we were just uh, joking about life and uh, talking, you know, in a breakout session. And Jack Bruce came up with a kind of funny statement that was later afternoon, our time in Central Europe. Ah, Leslie, you know, we are a boy group. And mm-hmm. we were just like, well, what a funny expression for a jazz rock band like uh, with all these legendary icons. And um, and Bobby Kimball said, we need a lady, we need a girl in this boy group. So we're just making fun of and. Uh, uh, you know, in Germany, we have in every restaurant this kind of beer mats on the table. So we were pulling our, our you know, sharpies, our pants, and everybody was hiddenly written, uh, writing a name on the beer mat. And everybody who done one name is Shagal Khan. So I was counting in, and we, you know, turned the beer mats, and an old beer mat saying Shagal Khan. So I called Shagal, and uh, she was at home in the St. Louis, and the next day she was coming and we had a great time, and so we had our lady in the band. It was just a kind. So this, uh, and we started to record with her. So, so it was always a kind of uh, a, a mutual uh, values and very close friendships, and uh, and uh, so so we always been a, and a very um, kind of natural grown band. The Madonna Solis. So let me ask you about the January 29th show at the Beacon Theater, the Wings of Freedom concert. How how exciting or how excited are you for this show? Oh well, you know this is again uh, a great dream comes true. You know during the, that uh, we played um, in August, uh, uh, we returned to the Sigurd Festival in Budapest, uh, became the largest festival in in, in uh, Europe. Uh, we we returned there uh, to celebrate the 25th anniversary because we opened up this festival. And, um, and a lot of American friends came over, and uh, uh, also the legendary Joel Katz. And he said, hey, guys, you have to play at the Grammy Week, and uh, 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 they after the Grammy at the Beacon. And so, so he invited us, and, uh, and he was letting Rolling the Stone and, and, uh, and uh, setting up the whole thing. And, and um, I feel myself very honored and extremely privileged to, uh, to having the choice and, and, and for that we are having this privilege to go there and and, and we're going to play a, a, and I'll be always playing in Europe and, and Asia uh, a legendary uh, concert halls and theaters and, and uh, so I'll be uh, very, very pleased to play there. So, And uh, for us, a great honor. So let me ask about you. Up to this point in your life, you've been at it for a long, long time. You've dedicated your life to music and it seems like it's really pulled you through a lot of adversity. How do you feel about your career so far? You know, I think always... Um, important for every artist in a career to have a narrative, so to having a, a leading line, uh, what made us to be what we are. And uh, on the other hand side, we all have our darkest day in life. My darkest day was I was 16, and uh, my father died, and he was leaving me a great line on the very last day, as I was sitting next to him. He said, boy, promise me that my grandchildren never going to read sense of papers. And I said, Father, how should I do that? How can I promise this? I mean, there, there is an iron curtain. And he said, boy, it's not for you. Find your way and go and live your dreams and don't dream your life. And that was the, the, uh, the line. Uh, don't dream your life, uh, live your dreams. So I had to find my way. 
It took about took about six years, and I uh, and I still know very well that dreamers is not a fool. So a dreamer is not a fool. So I I had to leave and and I had to find my way to live my dreams and not uh, dreaming my life. But I also learned, and that leads to the title of our, our shows uh, uh, in the last two years, Wings of Freedom, that dreams can only uh, come true on the wings of freedom. And that's why we call our uh, current show Wings of Freedom. So let me ask you this very simply. Why do you love jazz? Jazz is the music of young heart, you know. And uh, you can be 80, but uh, your jazz is always keep you young because uh, you, you keep your heart of the rebel, you know, and that's, that's what the jazz is. It's, it's the music of the free thinkers, of the free minds. Um, it's, jazz has always been a freedom. And if you go back to history, there is a reason why Hitler and Stalin agreed that they both hate jazz. And they both, both thought that jazz is the most dangerous music uh, for Hitler and Stalin. A, that proves everything. So let me ask you this. Everyone has a version of who you are, your family, your friends, your fans. But when you wake up and you face the day, who do you think you are? I'm a dreamer. I'm still a dreamer. And, uh, and, I, uh, and this current dream was to come to New York at uh, the, the Grammys and uh, Grammy weekend and, and to play a great concert. And that's what they're going to do. So I always kind of looking to the next dream. And uh, and I'm I'm just uh, I'm just someone who is uh, such a lucky boy that uh, has always the kind of inner power, um, uh, the conviction to to make this happen and uh, and uh, and just to, to live these dreams as I promised to my father. Beautiful. That was my last question. Thanks again for your time. Good luck with the show and good luck with everything. I appreciate it. Thank you to, uh, and uh, hope to see you there then. Thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in Germany, New York, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Leslie for his time, his cool, and his music. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Jazz.